Josh, is it is it recording? Well, you could have you could have said it was recording. Hiya, it's Sally here. <laughs> just a quick one, just a quick one. You can now rate Say Your Mind podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you can, do make sure that you do both. I know that some of you are just a little bit lazy. Oh, I can't say that. But why? Why? Why is it rate? Anyway, <laughs> now for the urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are gonna sip it, yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind I do not have, um... I don't have a song for you this week. I just don't. I'm exhausted. I just don't. I don't have it in me. It's been such a tiring time, you know, being in Nigeria because that's where I still am. I'm recording from the hotel room and the hotel room is rather like spacious. So, you know, sound will be everywhere. And, you know, it is what it is because I record on the go. I record on the fly. You know, this is what we have to do to get to get the things out, you know. And so the girls, the baby girls, baby boys can have that which they deserve, um, which is this episode. But yeah, it's me, Kalechi, in, um, you know, being a Niger babe. And this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. And yeah, we're back, you know, we're back for another week of things. Um, you'll probably hear traffic outside, although I think these windows are meant to be rather thick, but you'll probably still hear them because it's, it's loud as fuck in Lagos. Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about this hotel room, right? And you know, like sometimes when you're booking hotel rooms and you're like, oh, that would be cute. Of course I want a bathtub right in the middle of the fucking bed, you know, bedroom. Sure. That makes great sense. And so you're like, no, actually, I want to bathe without everyone looking up in my face. Or you've got like, you know, the, the toilet area. Um, it's got like this frosted glass, but you can still make out the silhouette of somebody using the toilet, you know, and it's um, open plan. Everything's open plan. Basically, I'm saying that sometimes what looks like, oh, that'll be cute in practical terms. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't want the silhouette of me being broadcast to the rest of the bedroom when I'm going about my business. Do you get what I mean? Um, I like doors. I've realized I like opaque doors. Um, I don't want frosted glass unless you're staying in the space by yourself. Maybe that's a bit different, but otherwise some of these design concepts are just absolutely wild. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't need any of it, but overall it's been a brilliant stay. The hotel people have been really nice. It's been a brilliant stay. Um, really enjoyed it. And the most important thing is that the GoFundMe for the children's home is now live. Child of Light Children's Home and Resource Center. The GoFundMe is now live. I mean, it's been up for about 24 hours and we're already on 10K or almost that 10K of the 100K, uh, 100K target. But I know that I put it up when it wasn't payday for a lot of people and people are still kind of like, oh, what's she going to do with the money? Da, 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 da. So, you know, it'll stay up you know, um, and the money that we get that we have access to, we're just going to keep building. And, you know, should more money come in, we continue building. That's how I'm approaching it. I'm not waiting for the whole amount to get the work going because 
you know, people like to take time sometimes and people will always be skeptical. So the link to the GoFundMe page is, uh, will be in the show notes. So you can grab it from there and support, uh, and please share it far and wide and get, you know, other people to support because it's important. We can only change the narrative around how we support, um, the global community. If, um, we, we go about things in a new way and uh, not relying on, you know, the way that people have done things before to be the marker or the benchmark that we all use. Um, I just think it's hilarious how my mum's just kind of left me to it. She's like, yeah, well, good luck with everything. Congratulations. I was like, what do you mean congratulations? This is a, this is a two-way thing. Like, this is, a, this is a joint venture. She's like, yeah, yeah, congratulations. Oh, so great that people are giving. Wonderful. Enjoy. But to be fair, she likes doing the more hands-on stuff, like getting, you know, the builders in and having all of that sorted. So we're just going to get on with it with uh, and keep moving. Um, and that's that. And also to the people who are sceptical of the things that I do and always have something to say, you know, I just want to throw in a nice, quick, short, you know, short, sharp, suck your mother right at the top of the show. You can all go. And I mean... People expect love and light from me, but I think once in a while you just have to let people know that you're on smoke. I, I want you to, to sleep, go to sleep permanently, preferably underwater. But if not, fire is always an option. You use whatever you feel, you know, whatever you feel is best. Or if you don't want to do any of that, you can always just sit down very, very slowly on a sharp knife and just grind, grind slowly on that. Because I don't think that there's anything that I'll ever do that you'll approve of. It's impossible because the issue has never been with me. The issue is within yourself. You don't expect good things to happen in life. You don't expect people who um, do things from the uh, from the heart to exist in life because that's what you lack in your life. And so you think that that's the way that the rest of the world is when that's actually not the case. So if it's possible for you to burn in hell immediately, I would always suggest that um, as an option uh, to be taken up with expediency. If that's not possible, like I said, the the sharp knife, sitting on it and whining on it, preferably to slow jams if you want to, or to gospel, whatever song takes your fancy, but do it and do it immediately. Anyway, having said that, like I said, I'm just glad that everything is moving onwards and upwards. Um, I wrote a blog post on my page, Angry Black and Woman on com, where I'm talking about the fact that, you know, man cannot survive on attention alone. And people love to watch up my page, especially people with a lot of influence, with a lot of impact that some would call, cele- um, call celebrities. Like you have every, um, every resource available to you to be able to support campaigns such as mine, but you'll come and watch my page, watch my page, chopping content, chopping content every day. In fact, I don't even like to call what I do content per se, because I just put out what I feel, but in the way that everything is packaged these days, people would call it content. But the fact of the matter is like, you come to check my views. So there's a part of you that that looks for, seeks out my views and because somewhere in you or something in you trust that. So, So pardon me. So when you see a crowdfund, why can't you trust that? Or why can't you go and support that actively? But again, there's this whole thing of like, oh, Kelechi, she's so big and bad. Like, she's so dangerous. She's so risky. She's such a loud mouth. She's so outspoken. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what? And what? If the things need to be said, I'm going to say it. That's just how my Mercury and Scorpio works. You know, I'm going to say the things because I feel like if we don't say them, then how do we move forward? You know? So if you are a celeb, get on with it get on with it because when you lot are buying fast cars and flying on PJs, 
you have no problem with that. So parting with 100 to 200 pounds should not be a, a big deal to you. As for everybody else, I feel like how you're supporting, I appreciate it so much. Keep doing that and we keep moving, you know, we keep moving forward because sometimes it's the amount that we get and that's that um, as a big group of people that makes all of the difference. Can't just rely on, you know, the, just moving my foot. We can't just rely on like the big, big donations. It matters about just everybody giving, um, giving in a small way or however they can. That matters too. Um, but like I said, that's um, in the show notes. The link is in the show notes so you can support in that fashion. Oh my God, the live show gets ever closer. Like by the time this comes out, fam, we're in the last week of Feb, which means that, yeah, like we'll enter. There's only like one, no, we've got one Monday after this. That's the last day of Feb. But pretty much like, that's it. Ne- from next week, we're, we're in March. Do you get me? From next week, we're in March. And then the, sh- the live show is basically four weeks away. If I scream this place down now, I haven't even sorted out my outfit. I keep saying that. I told you not to come looking pink and I have not sorted out my outfit. But I feel like I want an outfit change at the intermission because there's going to be um, an intermission like an hour and a bit into the show. So I feel like I want an outfit change, but I don't even know. How can I be thinking about an outfit change where I do not even have one fucking outfit to begin with? This is my chaotic life, but I know that I'll get it sorted. I don't want a stylist because everyone that suggests being a stylist, they don't understand my style and they can't source me the things. I need the things, you know? Um, But yeah, that is by the by. By the by, I know that at the end of the day, I'll always always pull it out of the bag because a baby girl knows her fashions. Do you get me? Um, and like I said, also, a baby girl is popping on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok, Kalechnikov. At first, I was just like, oh, I'll do some funny vids. And then it was like, actually, you know what you bang at? Social commentary. You bang at breaking down things that are happening within politics and cussing people out. You bang at that. Why, you know, go where you're celebrated, go where you are strongest. Do you get me? Like, I'm funny as fuck, we know that. Witty as fuck, we know that. And where that is needed, it's needed in the political space, like letting people know about their clots. So, you know, whenever I post those sorts of videos and I'm breaking down a headline or whatever, the girlies on TikTok are loving it and, and they're arguing in my comments. I don't even get involved. I just let them argue there because it's not my problem. Do you get me? You say what you need to say. I've already said what I need to say. Anything that you're saying after the fact is not is of no importance to me. You know, be there in your delusion. That's not right. What you're saying is not right because actually, actually the royal family bring in such and such an amount for the country every... Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. How much are they eating? off the country in comparison to how much they're bringing and people aren't coming to see them people are coming to see the palaces yeah and we need to ha- we need to have moved with the same vim that france moved not with everything because they're colonial motherfuckers as well but i'm just saying like they got to a point when they were like actually fuck the rich and they they did what they needed to do i'm not condoning what they did i'm just saying that come sometimes you know use similar energy in it Um, but anyway, let's get into the tarot for this week. Then the question I put to spirit was what needs to change? It seems like a lot of people at the moment that I'm encountering, that I'm speaking to their whole thing is that they know something needs to change and they don't know what it is or how to do it, but they just feel that change is imminent and change is necessary. Um, so I pulled some cards on that. And the first card we've got is the page of wands. Then we've got the king of swords. We've got the tower. 
we've got the five of wands and we've got the hierophant in reverse and then from the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck by me we've got you are always enough now the message i get about this if we're talking about what needs to change is the fact that you need to be okay going into new spaces new experiences that you ever that you haven't ever tried before right like there is this fear as the page of wands, you feel like you're going into new terrain and you're kind of worried like, oh, what if I don't bang at it? What if, you know, it's basically taking you out of your comfort zone, right? You're going out of your comfort zone and you're going to, you feel like, oh, um, uncharted territory. But come on, you came into this life to have an experience, right? And if in your day to day, you've al you already know your routine, you already know your rituals, you already know the things that you're already doing. So do you want to spend the next, I don't know, 60 years of your life doing this every day? There are aspects of it that, yes, of course, you want to keep because those are the strong foundations of the life that you've built. But in terms of experiences, surely you want to experience and feel something new. And for that to happen, King of Swords, you have to be open to seeing life from a different perspective. You have to be open to having your mind expanded. Only a silly motherfucker would think that they know all that they need to know. You know that, what's that saying? One thing I know is that I know, I, I know absolutely nothing. And that's how I tend to view life. Like, I feel like I know stuff, do you get me? But I know that I don't know shit. In the grand scheme of all that there is to know in life, I probably know... 0.0000000001%. Do you get me? Like, I don't know. And it's okay to not know. But what's not okay is not trying to know. So even if I don't know, I want to know. I want to expand my horizons. I want to change my opinions based on new information that's been given to me. And that's why I'm so particular about the fact that I want to travel so much more. Because I want to see what it's like to, that, you know, to live in certain places, to, to breathe certain air, to like speak to certain people. Because as we've seen, the media can drive a particular narrative about any fucking body. But until you um, are able to go to certain places and really understand their experiences, then how are you meant to know the real truth? Otherwise, you're basing it on what the media is telling you or how people are writing books. And remember that these things are always told by the victors, you know, or the perceived victors. Like they get to tell the story of a place after they've dominated it. I want to know what the experiences are like outside of that. And so... If it's a case of you're thinking about changing careers, you're not going to know from the outside. You're only going to know when you go there. And there's this fallacy that, oh, once you do something, you can't go back. Yes, the fuck you can. Like, if you don't like the thing, there are always ways of, you know, going back to whatever you feel like you'd be better at. But until you go and try it, you actually don't know. And then when we look at this... Um, in terms of the wand and passion, fire, sexuality as well. For some of you, it is that idea of like just being open to new sexual experiences. All of this, oh, I know all that there is to know. I know what I like. Maybe You know what you like, right? But you don't know all the things you like because you haven't explored, you know? So you have to be open to... Um, to new ideas, to new ways of doing things. And I keep, my eyes keep being drawn to the King of Swords and seeing the butterfly on the throne in the background. You've got to understand that when you go into this new terrain, you're not just going to bang at it automatically. You're not, you know, it's highly unlikely. You'll do well to encourage you to stick it out, but 
there will be times when it's tough. The same way I was saying to a baby girl in a reading the other, the other uh, day, like the process of chrysalis is rather gooey, it's rather nasty, it's not very attractive. But the caterpillar goes through it, right? And the caterpillar doesn't know what the fuck is going on, but they trust in the process. They just, because they are part of the intricate tapestry of life, of, of, of divinity, of the universe. So they just go with the process. And because they go with the process, there is a shedding of self. There is literally a discombobulation of self in order for the butterfly to emerge. And then that starts a whole new experience. Imagine being a caterpillar, just chilling on trees, just going boom, 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 on the tree branch. And that's all you know. And then something is calling you to eat. Something is calling you to move towards something else. And then you start making this thing. Then you wrap yourself in this thing. And then all that stuff happens, all that reconfiguration, all that metamorphosis happens, right? And then you, you come out as a butterfly. And then you can fly, fam. As a caterpillar, you could not fly. But there was something in you with the alchemy of the universe that when those two things collided, when they aligned, you now, you now emerge as a butterfly and you can fly. So you've got to consider that. That within you right now, the thing that allows you to fly is already present. But there is an alchemical process that needs to take place in order for you to be able to do that thing. But that requires the gooey parts. That requires the parts that feels like the tower. Because that's the next card that we've got. We've got the tower card, which is a major arcana. Um, and, and that's the only major arcanum that we have um, in this whole reading. Everything else is a minor arcana. Talking about more like the day-to-day -day things that we do to um, impact the bigger life-changing things. So the tower card being here is just like, yes, it's not going to be comfortable. I'm not going to lie to you. NGL, NGL, not going to lie. It's not going to be comfortable and there's going to be conflict, especially when you're trying to change in spaces where the people who are around you do not want to change. They like you the way that you are. Um, but you know that there's more to you. You know that there's more of you to share with the world, to, to share with yourself. And so that's why we've got the five of wands here. And again, especially since we've been going through the, panor uh, the panorama, um, there's this whole argument about should you wear masks? Should you be vaccinated? Should you do this? Should you do that? There's just so much going on in terms of change. And you can see how different people um, adapt to change or choose not to adapt. I've been very much like, you want me to wear masks? Cool. You need me to get vaccinated? Cool. But at the same time, I don't look at other people who have chosen not to do that, except for the people who choose not to wear masks. I'm like, no, you're, at, you're an actual fucking idiot. Um, but in terms of people who are like, oh, you know, I don't want to get vaccinated. I'm not going to argue with you. Because I, there are some people you've made a strong case for why you do not want to. I'm not going to argue with you on that point. I just know that for the things that I'm trying to do, I need to have this thing. So I'm not, and as long as it's not harming me, I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, and so I give that as an example, but it's not the only example. What I'm trying to say is that when you are aware that things need to change and you're going through that change, it can just feel really, really like disconcerting and really disorientating, like raw life is upside down. But you've got to remember that's where the hierophant comes in. The hierophant's in reverse to remind you that the, the divinity that you um, have not served within you, that is what's trying to come to the fore. And all the gods that you have placed in front of yourself, whether you see yourself as an atheist or whatever the fuck, even an atheist, like all of you lot, agnostics, everybody, you still worship a god. 
whether you give it a name or not, there is still a God that you worship, whether that's capitalism, whether that's just money specifically, whether that's sex, whatever, you still worship a God. You just don't realize that, or you just choose to not give that a name. Now, all of this is happening because it's teaching you that all of those outward um, gods that you choose to chase after and serve, they are of no, um, they have no bearing or even they're nothing close to the divinity that resides within you and that resides in all things in and around you. And that's what you're being called to, especially the people that for some reason can't seem to extricate themselves from um, the monarchy, from this kind of um, hierarchical um, way of thinking. All of this stuff is going to happen when you are introduced to a new way of thinking, whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through other means, you start seeing the world differently and it gets really fucking annoying because then you're having to battle with the, the person that you were before you got this new information and the person that you're growing into. And that can be hard because then you're seeing the people around you and then it feels sad and you want to grieve it because at the bottom of the deck, we've got the five of cups. I I glanced it when I was um, putting the cards away. And I guess that's the significance that allow yourself to grieve the things that you're leaving behind when you change. It's because if you don't grieve it, you'll be resentful of your change on one and aspects of you will be resentful of the life um, that is, you know, caught beckoning to you. And the only way that you can avoid that is by honoring all of the people that you were, all of the people that at one uh, point in time you felt an affinity to making peace with that. So you can be on your way and you can go and do the things that you need to do. And then we've got the card from the spiritual seasoning deck, which is um, you are always enough. And that's the reminder, when things get really, really tough, when things look really fucking confusing as things are changing, remind yourself that you are always enough, right? You have always been enough and these changes aren't happening to make you more enough. You have always been enough. You're just going on these changes so you can enjoy the enoughness of you, right? And circumstances, sometimes when you're thinking about you as not being enough, really, It's you internalizing the fact that your current circumstances are not enough for you. They're no longer comfortable for you, but it's easy to kind of be like, oh, such and such person doesn't appreciate me. They make me feel like I'm not enough. Or are you realizing that the patterns that you are um, comfortable with, with these people, with this person, at one point, it felt like that was enough because you felt like, you know, that's all you deserve. But now that you realize that you deserve more, you realize that the current situation is not enough for you. But rather than calling it that, you'd rather internalize it, flip it, because you'd feel guilty to say that this situation is not enough. And maybe this person and what they're able to offer is not enough. That feels bad. So you'd rather be like, oh, they make me feel like I'm not enough. You have to start taking ownership, have to start taking ownership of your narrative and realize that you are enough. But what is it about your circumstances that's making you vibrate so in, in such a low way? And that's not letting you come to like the full expanse of your being. That's what you're going to need to tackle. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that for the tarot. I pray that it resonates with you. Um, let me pick up the first of this week's show sponsors who are better help. And, um, yeah, we'll go from there. This podcast is sponsored by better help online therapy. 
Relationships take work, especially the most important relationship that one can have with anybody, which is the relationship that you have with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go to help somebody else that we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment and the same compassion? Um, this to me feels like a really important subject because oftentimes we distract ourselves by being like, oh, I need to go and save everybody else. But who is saving you, you know? So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. So um, BetterHelp Online Therapy uh, offers you video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Say Your Mind listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash your mind. That's better, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash your mind. So yeah, go and get involved and, um, you know, get the support and the love that you deserve. Anyway, let's move on to share your magnificence. So this week on share your magnificence, I don't even have a specific person, but let me tell you, I want to big up Nigerians, Nigerians who live in Nigeria, big up yourself, especially Nigerians that live on the mainland. Fucking hell, big up yourself. Like, Nigerians who aren't rich in Nigeria, big up yourselves because this place is a wild ride. My God, Jesus of Abulegba, of Ajegunle. Wow, big up yourself because, whoo! First of all, the streets, when people are driving, comes like Grand, Grand Theft Auto. These men are driving like, like the, the, it's weird because it appears that there's no rules, but everybody is still somehow managing, managing to not collide with each other, touch wood. I mean, I'm sure that collisions happen and things like that, but like for the speed that everybody's driving at, for the fact that some of these um, places that they're driving, some of these roads that they're driving have no lane demarcations and everybody's just doing what they want. Whoo. It's, it's, it's a real one. It's a real tester of one's heart. But I say that to say, like, I just look at the general conditions. I just look at the way that the government is so fucking greedy. Same as um, the British government, same as the um, US government. Like everywhere you've got governments that are just greedy. And the reason that that's happened is because of imperialism, right? So everybody's got this hoarding mentality and they think of themselves and they think of their family, um, their immediate family first. And so the general, you know, the citizens aren't even a consideration like that. So the citizens are suffering and they're saying like, you know, God will help, God will help. Meanwhile, your government is chopping your money. And again, this applies to Britain as well, like I said. Um, and to see these people just going about, you know, working as hard as they can and just looking stunning while doing it. Like Nigerians are so fucking beautiful. Like, of course, I know Nigerians are beautiful. Duh, I'm a Nigerian. But I'm saying, like, when you see Nigerians in Nigeria, damn, like, every face looks like fucking artwork. Like, it's just, it's so refreshing to come back to see, a, a to a country where black people are the majority. However, 
white supremacy is still prevalent because you can see it in the structure of the um, the country and the the kind of like the vastness between. Um, you know, the vastness between those who have a lot and those who do not have, who have hardly anything. So, you know, I just want to say, like, I appreciate being Nigerian more than anything, even though we know that Nigeria in and of itself is an amalgamation of um, uh, a British colonialist imagination. That doesn't mean that I still don't uh, um, appreciate the identity, that the collective identity that we have. Um, and the collective histories that we have, because honestly, it's so wild. This life is so wild. And I appreciate being able to see my people um, just trying and working their hardest, working their fucking hardest. And I pray that some way or another, something is balanced out and something is evened out because we can't continue to do this, you know, like there's so much potential, there's so much innovation that's been stifled because of the greed of the government. And I just want better for my people. I truly do. So that's who my show your magnificence goes out to. Two slaps on you lot's chest, Nigerians. Arise, arise, my bays, my baby girls, my baby boys, my baby non-binaries and Bob Risky. Arise, my people, you know, like let's just keep doing what we're doing in it. So, um, that's that. Let's get into So You Mad because there's quite a lot to talk about in So You Mad and I wanted to keep it nice and short for this week, um, as I'm still out here trying to get things done. My first So You Mad this week, we're looking at Prince Andrew, who has reached a settlement with Virginia Dufre. Um, if you remember, um, Prince Andrew allegedly is a nonce. Um, Prince Andrew allegedly was, um, you know, sex singyal that were that was brought through sex trafficking or people trafficking means, and um, th- this was done by um, Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, who people had known. He'd even gotten in trouble before. He'd even been convicted before of the trafficking. Yet people were still friending him up, like white men like to do with each other, friending him up, acting like there wasn't an issue. Um, first, Prince Andrew said that he had no recollection of ever meeting Virginia Dufre, even though there's a picture of him hugging her up while she was of a tender age. Um, and then he says, no, 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 nothing happened there. Rare, 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 rare. So the courts were like, okay, well, this is a civil case now. So let's see where we're going with all of this. Then, you know, he told us that he doesn't sweat. He told us that somehow he, you know, Pizza Express got brought into it. There was so much that was going on for my guy that, you know, I think that the royal family thought that he was going to get away with it the same way that white men have gotten away with many, many things for um, centuries. But, you know, then there was this refraction that happened in our history where the panoramic hit, the panacotta, the pano chocolate, really had everybody on lockdown um, and everything got shut down, word to coffee, and people had to really face their demons face their sons, face their fathers, face all of them, face their fronts. Um, some people prefer to post uh, black squares during this time, but even the black squares were not enough for the reckoning that needed to take place in people's souls, those who possessed them. Um, and so, you know, the FBI really started dealing with Prince Andrew and he couldn't escape uh, what they were asking of him, you know, his lawyers really tried a ting. And, you know, when it started looking really, really peak for him, 
the royal family wanted to distance themselves. Um, the palace wanted to distance itself and they were like, oh, well, you know, he'll be dealing with this case as a private citizen. So everything that he's got going on, he's going to have to pay for that. Although we knew that that was bullshit anyway. So now it's turned out that he will now, he's now reached a settlement with Virginia Dufresne and he needs to pay her 12 million pounds, 12 million of his mother's face. He needs to pay this woman rightly so but you know Virginia made a point of saying like rah this money's going to the charity that I've set up and the causes that I know of that deal with this very thing so we can make sure that um we're supporting people who have experienced this and also limit it happening to other young girls and um yeah and women so I'm reading here, it says here, the Queen and Prince Charles put substantial pressure on Prince Andrew to settle his case with Virginia Dufresne, sources say. By avoiding a potentially explosive civil trial, it is hoped the out-of-court deal, understood to be £12 million, will stop the scandal causing even more damage to the royal family. The firm wanted a settlement agreed so the case did not overshadow the Queen's platinum jubilee. Sources close to Andrew said he still wholly maintains his innocence and insisted that he believes he can still find a way back into public life. No, you can't, boy. You can't. You can't. Let it go. The Duke of York, 61, is understood to have signed the deal with his sex abuse accuser, Miss Dufresne, 38, on Monday afternoon. Um, despite the settlement in principle, Andrew has not admitted Miss Dufresne's allegations that she was forced to have sex with him on three occasions in 2001, uh, when she was 17, but the disgraced Royal will make a substantial donation to her charity, championing victims' rights and, and try to restore his um, reputation by promising to support victims of sex trafficking. Um, the settlement of 12 million includes 2 million to the charity, leaving her with 10 million. Okay, she will leave her with 10 million. Meanwhile, legal sources say that the FBI still want to speak to Andrew as part of the criminal inquiry into the late paedophile Jeffrey Epstein and his lover, Ghislaine Maxwell. Well, they say his lover, but she's also a sex tra um, people trafficker, this Ghislaine Maxwell, and she's also um, um, a pedo as well. Um, the Duke would be classed as a witness in the cases, still being probed. Um, British socialite Maxwell, 60, could face a 65-year jail term after being convicted of trafficking young girls for Epstein. Um, Miss Dufresne, who is American but now lives in Australia, sued Andrew last August in New York, alleging he sexually abused her when she was um, a 17, a minor under US law. I don't know why I read it like that. She said she was trafficked around the world as a sex slave to billionaire American Epstein and Maxwell. Um, well-placed royal sources said Andrew was under intense pressure from the very top to ensure a deal was done on, um, after a U.S. judge last month rejected the Duke's bid to have the case dismissed. The ruling meant the prince was facing a full civil trial by jury in the U.S. this year. Um, Andrew admitted to the Queen on January 12th that his efforts to have the case thrown out had failed. Her Majesty took advice from Charles and Prince William, who was summoned to meet her at Windsor, Ca Windsor Castle minutes after Andrew broke the news. A source said it was made absolutely crystal clear to Andrew he has to sort this mess out. It would have been unthinkable for the case to have been reached trial under the glare of the international media. It has been a disaster from the start and everybody has um, was in agreement. It had not only destroyed his reputation, but had the capacity to seriously damage that of the monarchy as well. In such an important year for the Queen, enough was enough. Well, that's all very interesting to me, you know, because 
like you lot knew he was like this all along so i don't know why you're doing all of this nonsense now like oh my god this is gonna bring the royal family into disrepute shut the fuck up you have been in disrepute from the from your inception let's just be honest right there you like what is it epstein has stayed at the queen's cabin and things like that like you've had bill clinton you even all the things that you denied you had bill clinton you showed him around you've been showing him around you 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 were at parties with him so i also want bill clinton questioned as well hillary has a lot to answer for because often we're now seeing all of these things the way that bill clinton moved with monica Lewinsky says a lot says a lot and i don't doubt that he was also involved allegedly can I even phrase it like that? How can I say I don't doubt that he was involved in legend? Anyway, all I'm saying is that Bill Clinton needs to be looked in and looked into and looked into thoroughly because the way, like the way that it was framed with what happened with Monica Lewinsky is wild. And I wholeheartedly apologize to Monica Lewinsky because I even believed the way that the media framed it them times when it was like, oh, she seduced him, this seductress. Like, yes, he was impeached and whatever else. But the fact of the matter is that impeachment was not enough. Like we need to talk about how he was so comfortable with um, being able to use power in that way. And who else has he done a similar thing to and so Hillary as far as I'm concerned should not be in office when your husband is moving like that you too have a lot to answer for same with Melinda Gates and Bill Gates you lot why are they all called Bill you lot need to come and answer you cannot need to come and answer you can't say that you didn't know what your husbands were doing stop lying come and stand firm come and stand here and tell the truth both of you now Hillary and Millery come and tell the truth ridiculous um it's, yeah, to me, it's just absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely wild. I know that in the statement that I read, it said something about the fact that, like, um, um, one of the, part of the agreement was that he can't, um, what is his name? Andrew can't go around saying that he didn't do what Virginia said he did. He can't go around saying that anymore. Like, he just can't. And I like that that's part of it because you can't continue to lie. I'm going to take these 12 million pounds I'm definitely going to take that, but you can't come and be saying that you didn't do this and you didn't do that because, fam, you're having to sell your chalet to get money. You're broke. You're a broke bitch. You're a broke bitch. So being a broke bitch, you don't really have 12 milli to be throwing around like that because you're a broke bitch, you know? So until your mother gets on um, or boards um, HMS Afterlife, I don't really know what you're working with. So you don't really have money to be thrown around for things that you did not do, is my point. So as far as I'm concerned, the 12 million pounds being paid means that you did it. It's really that simple. Whatever the case may be, you did it. And I really worry for these people who were like tweeting, well, most of these cases are usually settled before trial anyway. That doesn't prove anything. Fam, do you think I'm parting with 12 million pounds when I have done nothing? Are you fucking mad? 12 million pounds is not a drop in the ocean. Like 12 million pounds is a lot of money. Nobody's parting with that if they've done nothing wrong, especially when they ain't got the money like that to begin with. That's part of your children's inheritance money that you're now chopping and chopping because you decided to be a pedo. Come on, be serious. And for the fact that we're saying that he doesn't have the money and we're hearing that um, Queen, Queen Lizzie is going to be helping him with um, to pay this. And people are like, oh, she better not be using taxpayer money. Well, um, they say that, oh, she's going to be using private funds. None of Elizabeth's funds are private. None. Some motherfucker was talking about, oh, well, she breeds horses, actually. So her funds are private. How does she get the initial money to be able to buy a horse to breed it in the first place, you fucking idiot? 
How did she get that money in the first place? Exactly. Colonialism, imperialism, rape and pillage, theft is how Elizabeth and the rest of the Mountbattens or whatever their names was before, the Windsors or whatever the hell that, they, all of the names that they've called themselves throughout the centuries. The only reason that they had this money to begin with was because of what they've done to other people that was unjust and inhumane and heinous. That is the only reason that they have the money. So no part of the money will ever be clean. So no part of the money is ever private. All of the money is from theft. And we know that because she sits there and she wears a crown on her head where all the jewels are stolen and people had to be killed for those jewels. People had to be killed for the metal that even made the crown. So you have to ask yourself, how could... And this is somebody that knew about his behaviour before we knew about his behaviour. And she's there sitting there like butter wouldn't melt. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. RIP Diana, because I know about them ones too. Anyway, um, how can we expect her to condemn her son for indulging in the trafficking of young girls when her all her wealth, the majority of her wealth, comes from the trafficking of enslaved Africans, comes from the colon like the colonization of other people's lands. How can you how what what leg does she have to stand on to condemn anything? The like sometimes you have to take things down to to like the sum of, you know, to break down all of its parts, basically. I don't even know English anymore. But you've got to break down all of its parts and understand that this is what we're dealing with here. So I'm, I don't know why we're expecting some kind of moral compass out of Elizabeth. When has she shown herself to have any morality? When? She's merely, she's a figurehead. She's a figurehead for the violent, violent identity of this country. And there's no getting around that. She's not a sweet old granny to me. I'm sorry, she's not. She's gangster granny. I, I don't, you know, I, I would be worried if I were you, as far as I'm concerned. And I still need confirmation that she's still alive. I know people said, oh, they saw her cutting cake or the other day or whatever. But, ooh, I don't know if we've got long, too long left. And then Pluto, ret Pluto return is happening for America on the 22nd of February. Oh, God. I hope that Biden can see out his term, but I don't know how possible that will be because something aguan when it comes to America. And it goes to show, like, Pluto is about power. I was tweeting this the other day. Pluto is about power. And, you know, Pluto return, the Pluto return, the first Pluto return that America is having, whoo, it's looking very mad. Because you're looking for trouble with Russia. And of all the people that you lot could go and look for trouble with, do you really think that you want it with Putin? Can you not see? The first two letters of his name... Actually, no, the first three letters of his name, they're involved with Pluto. Is that the person that you want to go and look for trouble with? Because now when he dons your dance, what are you going to do? And this is a lesson that some of us need to learn about madness and, and about power. Just because you think you're mad does not mean that there is not another person in existence with you right now who is madder than you. There, are, there is always somebody who is madder than you are. And that even goes for me too. I know my limits with my madness. There's, I, I said it to you the other day about the people in Bermondsey. I think I'm mad. But then Millwall Dons, then Millwall Dons are on another level. So I, I, I cut my madness according to my size. Cut your cloth according to your size. Everybody, please. Because you're going to get a lot of people fucked up in the process. And the thing is, you're going to fly out on a private jet and leave your citizens to get absolutely bodied. That's unfair, as far as I'm concerned. 
Anyway, um, I read this by Omid Scobie that says, um, today's settlement comes just days after Prince Andrew was caught in an alleged lie about giving a tour of Buckingham Palace to Ghislaine Maxwell and Blinken, uh, Bill Clinton in, 20, uh, in 2002. He had previously claimed no recollection of the event, but a newly unearthed photo proved otherwise, literally him in Buckingham Palace pointing as he's showing them around. He, Prince Andrew's a liability, but you know, I said it at the beginning of the Panacotta that all these systems, all of these people that, that, that were held in high regard will be crumbling and they'll be crumbling at such a rate. It's actually mad, the momentum. And you need to understand that the momentum is not going to, it's not going to slow down because as one thread is being pulled, another thread is being pulled everywhere. Everybody's clot is about to be torn. Everybody, they don't tear clot finish or the clothes will be torn by the time that all of this is done, because everybody will be naked in the street and you'll see everybody for who they truly are. What the royal family need to understand is that your stupid blood clot gag orders only work on this dusty, bad vibes island that you lot reside on, yeah? America doesn't give a fuck, doesn't give a shit about your gag orders. And thus, things will be said. And that's the only reason you even had to disclose the 12 milli. That's the only reason you even had to disclose all the things that were happening with, uh, with Virginia Dufre. That's the only reason we know about William's alleged affair and his wandering willy. That's the only reason we know about all of these things because your gag orders do not work past your, your bad vibes island. And I'm glad. I'm glad because you can't keep lying and keeping people from the truth. That's why the average Brit is so fucking stupid. That's why the average Brit is so fucking stupid because they're not given the information that would help them to have a better understanding of the world. You're denying them of the things that they need to know in order to empower themselves because you don't want them to be empowered because you want them to be at your beck and call when you need them to be xenophobic and stupid as fuck. That is the problem. And I want more British people to be empowered, to be emboldened so they understand the rules that they are playing, you know, that they're playing with. Because at the moment, they're just pawns and they need to know that they're pawns. And at the moment, they, I don't think that they know that. All they know is sufferation. And that shouldn't be the case. But yeah, you know, um, if, if that doesn't tell you anything about Elizabeth's character, she's willing to pay money to help her um, her son, um, her pedo son with a, with a case. Um, and that's sad to see. Very, very sad to see. That tells you all that you need to know about her and maybe who else she was covering up for in terms of her husband as well. But I don't know. And I'm not saying he can rest in piss as far as I'm concerned. Um, in other news, Miguel, let my love adorn you. Ooh, yeah, baby. Ooh, you gotta know. You gotta know. You know that I adore you. He ran back to his wife. He ran back to his wife. Whew. My guy saw six months. He saw six months of what it's like to be single. He said, Omar, let me return to what I know best. And that is a word. Some of you men like to do long throat too much. You like to do long throat too much. Always thinking, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. There's bare gal out there that want me. Let me tell you something. Sometimes girls only want you. Certain people only want you because you've already got somebody. Yeah, and they, they find you attractive because they already know, they think that you're unavailable. But the moment you become available and they have they have to be responsible for your fuckery, you're not as attractive anymore. Some men are only attractive because it's somebody else that has to deal with their bullshit. So you only have to deal with like 10% of their true character because 90% of their true character is being endured by a, a long-suffering partner. That is what you need to understand. Now, when they become 100% available, 
then and you see them for who they truly are and also they see that there are only few people who's going to tolerate their fuckery whoo suddenly the game changes suddenly it's like oh you know i've realized that things need to be different I'm not necessarily saying that that's what happened in this case. But anyway, Miguel put up a statement. Um, if you remember after he'd been with his partner for what is it? Was it like 12 years, 17 years or something? Um, and they announced that they were breaking up. Um, I think I talked about it on the show. But then he put up an Insta post of the other day where he said he, it's a picture of them sitting. He's, the, the wife is sitting on him and he's kissing her chin. Um, both very light skinned together. And the picture's black and white. Um, and he wrote, love heals, full stop, proud of us, heart emoji, with fire around it to, to denote passion, I imagine. Um, on a serious note, though, I would say that this is what people need to understand. Um, I saw a post the other day that I thought was interesting. Um, the person said, it was a woman, she said something like, if you are in a relationship and um, it just seems like things aren't changing you need to break up with the person. If you've been trying and trying and trying, you need to break up with the person because one of two things can happen. If you break up with that person, it allows for a new dynamic to come forward and then you can re you can reapproach, you can reapproach each other um, anew as the people that you have now grown into or, you know, with a different dynamic to approach the relationship with, that becomes possible. It also sets the standard that I don't like where this is going and I don't want to tolerate this. I don't want to be here doing this thing. That is important too. When you say things like that, and when you take actions like that, it lets other people know that you are in fact serious. And that is where you can move towards having actual change, right? So one needs to bear this in mind. And the second thing that they said could happen is that, you know, nothing changes. And then it shows that you were right to have broken up in the first place and just remain broken up. But if you truly know that you are just so unhappy with where you are, something needs to happen. So I do feel like them deciding to break up in some realms could be considered healthy because they were willing to break off a dynamic that wasn't working anymore. They were willing to break a pattern that wasn't working anymore. Because sometimes you need to understand that it goes beyond breaking up with a person. You're breaking up with a pattern. And so, no matter how much you love a person, if a pattern is damaging to you or just not healthy for you, that should take precedence. And that should be why, you know, why you want to end the thing. And again, it, when you do that, once you've had a, a, you know, time to kind of really think about everything objectively, because you've both been able to step away from what the pattern and what the dynamic is and was, then you can reimagine what it could be. But there has to be a choice that's made. So when I was reading that about Miguel, I was initially like, well, see, you really wanted to go out there and do long throw and look at where you found yourself. You've returned back, Abby. Um, but it might not be him. It might be her. You know, we never know with celebrities and the lives that they lead. But I do think that there is an example there. There is a lesson there to be learned. And maybe for some, you know, if we're looking at it from a skeptical perspective, sometimes people are just happy with the patterns that they know. You know, they go out for a bit. They're like, ah, actually, I don't like this. I want to go back to what I know. And whether that means that they, they're working towards healing or not, they want to be back where they are. And, you know, people have autonomy. They have agency to choose as they wish. But I do wish them all the best. I do wish them all the best. It is, it's not easy for people, I guess, to, like, break up publicly and then get back together publicly. Um, 
So, you know, it is what it is. But I did read another story that was related to this somewhat where a woman met a guy on Facebook and so then she broke up with her um, husband to go and get with the guy. And yeah, it didn't... Ooh, baby. It didn't go how she was expecting, I guess. Um, you know, I felt that for her, definitely. I'm just bringing this story up. Let's see what it says here. I really want to lie down. This bed is very hard on my bum. It says here, Brit mum loses £80,000 to romance scammer posing as Silver Fox defence minister. Um, scammers are repeatedly using photos of a silver fox Latvian defense minister to dupe women, including a mum who lost 80,000 pounds. Authorities in Latvia say they are aware of more than a hundred fake profiles fe featuring snaps of suave, um, suave artist fabrics. One con artist posing as Murphy Townsend swindled Brit Sharon Bulmer out of thousands after her um, after he sent her a Facebook message saying he was lonely in May 2020. Well, of course he'd be lonely because that was lockdown. So I don't know what he thought he would be doing. Anyway, this goes on to say he spent two years telling her he was a US soldier who needed money to leave Syria and visit her before she discovered he was not a real person. It was then that the picture he claimed were of him were actually of Mr. Pabricks, the, um, the Minister of Defence. The Latvian Defence Office said they have been facing this situation for a long time and have reported over 100 fake profiles using the minister's images. The government is now warning against the issue. Sharon from Manchester is still coming to terms with being conned. Oh, look at her. She's wearing um, a white turtleneck. That's really interesting. Anyway, um, the 51-year-old said, he asked me to help him and I did. But over time, it's got, me, um, it's got me into huge debt. And because I've fallen for this person, I just wanted to help him so much. I know I've been a fool, but these are the things we do for love. The person behind the account claimed to be a 56-year-old man from Washington, D.C. with a 17-year-old daughter called Helen. Murphy told Sharon he was serving with the 37th Infantry Brigade, a brigade combat team at Base 29 in Raqqa, Syria. My man had a backstory. Jesus of Nazareth. He really had a backstory. God. But when Sharon inquired with the U.S. authorities, she was told there was no Murphy Townsend on their records at all. She said, he always kept things close to his chest. He doesn't like me asking questions, but he wanted your money. Somebody that doesn't like you asking them questions, but really wanted to be chopping your money. <laughs> Woo, white women, Jesus. Um, Sharon ended her relationship with her partner of 29 years in order to start a new life with Murphy. She then forked out nearly 80,000 pounds over the two and a half year period for various hospital bills and plane tickets and is now in 37,000 pounds worth of debt. Sharon, a team leader at a COVID site, sent Murphy the cash in Bitcoin. Oh, it gets worse. I don't want her, I don't want Sharon to test me for COVID ever because her sense of, her sense of what's right and wrong is very, very skewed. At this point, she's putting the swab in your eyeball. Um, but not once did she video call him as he told her he wasn't allowed to at his base. The mum wishes to share her story to stop other people getting tricked the way she has been. Sharon said, I wanted to take my children on holiday. I was going to take them to New York last year, but because he was constantly hammering for money, I couldn't. I want to help anyone out there to not be taken by these idiots. <laughs> it's funny that she's calling them idiots. I just try and get on with my life. 
Murphy first got in touch with Sharon in May 2020 by sending her two Facebook messages. She said, he said he was lonely. He's serving in Syria. His wife had passed away and he just wanted someone to speak to. He said he'd been watching me on Facebook. I don't know what that means. After exchanging a few messages, Sharon gave Murphy her email address and they continued the chat on Google Hangouts. She said, Murphy was sweet. When I first met him, nothing at all made me think anything different about him. It was very interesting when I kept talking to him. I felt loved in a way I felt cared for. I think it's because he's an older person. He had an older head. At the time, Sharon was in a relationship with a man who um, she'd lived with for 29 years and they had two children together. She split up with him in August 2020. My God, you move fast. Man messaged you on Facebook in May, June, July, August. You're already breaking up with your, with your boo. With your boo, you were already breaking up after three months because you wanted to go and do love. You wanted to go and do lovey, 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 lovey. Now you see how what lovey, lovey has cost you 80K. There's no type of love. I'm sorry. This is no ordinary love. Ordinary love. Sade done told you. It's no ordinary love. Um, she said, in September, after talking online every day, Murphy asked if, she, if he could go and visit Sharon in Manchester. After she accepted, he asked her for 1400 to pay for his flight and asked her to pay via Bitcoin. But after not hearing from Murphy for a few days, she received a message from a different email address, but also with the name Murphy Townsend. They asked for another £15,000 for the plane ticket and believing it was Murphy, Sharon paid up. My God! You need to understand that Sharon is wearing a white turtleneck that looks like it's from Primark. You have no business giving somebody £15,000 for a plane ticket. Sharon, Sharon, are you listening with your white turtleneck? What are you doing? I bet she had on kitten heels too, man. I saw her black shoe. It looked like there was a kitten heel back there. That's some, that's what I'm saying. Let me not. Let me not send for people's outfits because I'm telling you that like, you can know a lot about a person from the outfits that they choose to put together. Fucking hell. Um, then, what did she say? Um, at the end of the month, she received a message from someone claiming to be a doctor who said that Murphy had been taken to hospital. She said, he said, he's unconscious, but he's okay. Everything is going according to plan and we're keeping him in hospital. Sharon didn't ask which hospital he was in, but believing Murphy was injured, she didn't contact him until he messaged her at the start of October. She said, he wanted to know where I'd been when I'd not been in contact with him. That's when I told him I'd been scammed by someone else using his email address. He couldn't believe it. Murphy claimed he'd been shot in the side on the way to the airport and that he was due to stay in hospital for another six weeks. He also said he was unable to return um, to the army base because he'd lied and told them he was leaving to, um, leaving to go back to his family um in the states rather than his british lover sharon then twigged that the messages she got from the second second email address was a scam she said i said i've lost anything um have she said i said have you lost anything and he said i lost my computer when i went down so that's when i knew that's where he the scammer had come from they would have had a look at the computer i think murphy then said no, sorry, Murphy then asked Sharon for £5,000 to help him with his medical bills, which she paid before announcing that he wanted to leave the army for good and move in with her in Manchester. When he gets out, he's going back home, sorting a few things out, bringing his daughter over here and was setting up a new life, she said. In October 2020, he started asking for weekly payments between £600 and £1,000 to cover the cost of administration fees, airlifting fees and to buy him out of his contract. She said the transactions were as long as my arm. I've literally fallen in love with this person. I hope to God he's Murphy. 
The request for cash kept coming, with Murphy asking for £5,000 in, uh, in February 2021 for a trip to the UK, but later claiming he'd lost the ticket. In August last year, when she asked for pictures of him, he sent her a screenshot of photos from the Facebook profile of Mike Douglas, telling her he couldn't use social media while on a mission. He also claimed that his original Facebook page had been hacked by the men who stole his computer, and that is why a different name, Moff, Moffs Joel Dukan, has appeared on a page using his photo. In November last year, he asked for £2,000 to see his daughter in Washington and then a further £5,000 for the medical assessment he needed to board the plane that she paid for late last month. Up until a final £900 transferred last week, Sharon has paid over £80,000 towards what she believes is getting Murphy out of Syria and to see her. Murphy also sent her a copy of a letter from a Dr. Abdulrahman Alomer, a pediatric orthopedic surgeon. He sent a letter from Al-Muwasat Al University Hospital that said he was part of a pedestrian vehicle traffic accident in September 2020 that he's currently in intensive care. The letter was dated 24th of January 2022. She said he's supposed to be in hospital with a serious condition from his accident, but why, and why all of a sudden is he in, um, in hospital but never complained about any pain in the year we've been together? The letter is signed by a doctor who treats children with special bones. I don't get <laughs> I don't get it. Suspecting she has been scammed, Sharon then approached the US Army to ask whether there was anyone named Murphy Townsend serving. So you only thought to ask them after you've parted with ATK in that white turtleneck. Okay. Um, she goes on to say, um, they responded saying there is not anyone by the name of Murphy Townsend currently serving in the Army Reserve or as a general officer. They also said that the 37th Infantry Brigade Combat Team that he claims to be part of is from the Ohio National Guard and not the Army Reserve. There are no LT generals in that team. She, um, well, Lieutenant Generals, I think that means. She said, I questioned him on that and he turned around and sent to me, um, are you dumb? Um, she hasn't told her family, but Sharon is in thousands of pounds of debt after sending the money to Murphy. Now, what I think is interesting about this statement is she says she hasn't told her family that she's in debt, but she told the newspaper with her face there while she's wearing a white turtleneck and black kitten heel shoes. Um, she said, um, my ex does slightly know of him, but he doesn't know all the ins and outs. No one else knows. I want to keep my family out of it. Well, they're in it now. They're in it now because your face is in the newspaper. They're starting to get suspicious, though. The Latvian Defence Office confirmed it was aware of the continuing issue of identity theft involving the Defence Minister artist Pabrik. Um, sorry. Um... The spokesperson said, unfortunately, we've been facing this situation for a long time. We receive information about the various fake profiles that use the name and images of Mr. Pabricks on Facebook and Instagram, both from the users of the social networks themselves and our partners and colleagues in other countries. We frequently receive screenshots from people who have been contacted by fraudsters and recognising the official accounts of the defence minister choose to report them. So far... We have collected and reported to Facebook more than 100 fake accounts, but the response has been negative. We feel that the security of everyday users, both on Facebook and Instagram, needs to be strengthened and supported in situations like these. And we, re we encourage Facebook to pay more attention to these kind of cases. Now, that's really, really sad. You know, apart from me taking the piss out of Sharon, um, the, what is prevalent there is that so many people are looking for a passionate love. So many people are looking for a whirlwind romance. But you have to understand that in this capitalist society, you have to keep your head 
um, you know, your head screwed on at all times. Otherwise, you're just going to get scammed. You're just going to get buoyed. I haven't watched the Tinder swindler, but I do think it's interesting how white women part with money when they're in love. I mean, I know that black girls from, you know, following Aloni's um, threads and listening to the dilemmas on the receipts podcast. Black women are also out here giving money when they shouldn't be giving money. Do you get me? But it's the fact of who has access to certain types of money. Fam, Sharon, you had money. You, ha you had access to 80K. Your children were right there. And then you parted with 80K over, a t over time for a man that you hadn't even seen via video chat. That is wild to me. That is absolutely wild. And even if you have seen the guy, I just don't believe in giving men money. I'm really sorry. I don't believe in giving men money when it's men that you don't know. It's different if somebody's your partner, your long-term partner, whatever. But somebody that you don't know from Adam, you're just there parting with money anyhow. Why? Are you forgetting that we live in a patriarchal, patriarchal society? You need to ask yourself why they don't have money to begin with. Because... The way that this society is set up should have been benefiting them anyway. So even if, even when the, 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 the game is rigged in your favor, you're still not winning. We have to talk about what's going on. We have to discuss it. And it's not me that will now be supplementing and keeping you afloat. I'm sorry. In that case, you might just need to drown. It really is that simple. But it is sad that this happens to so many women, so many women online, so many women online looking for love and they get a random message. I mean, you were, you had a relationship, so you were really doing long throat in that situation, to be honest. Um, they get approached and they go for it. All I'll suggest is that you can reverse search Google images, you know. If you reverse search the Google image of someone and bare other random profiles come up, you should be on high alert. You really should be. But this case was just wild. When I read it, I said, that is true, true madness. But Sharon, don't do that again, please. Don't. I don't like the turtleneck, but again, everybody has their different styles. So I'm not even going to gun you on the turtleneck. But definitely don't be partying with 80K just because you want to do love, wanting to. Don't. Please stop it. Okay. The last one for So You Mad is um, about Clemmy Hooper. Um, we were going to have to get into that. So there's an update on Clemmy Hooper. For those who don't remember, Clemmy Hooper, a.k.a. Mother of Daughters, if you remember the episode I called Mother of Demons, um, that episode was about her. Um, so Clemmy Hooper uh, is a midwife, I'm going to say is, is a midwife, um, British woman. She was one of the most um, well-known mummy bloggers had close to a million followers at the time. Um, she used to um, rendezvous um, under a, a burner account as Alice in Wonder, what's it, Alice in Wonderlust or something, her name was, whatever, Wonderland, whatever, Alice in Wonderlust, whatever, was her name on this, um, on this um, hell site that they, people would go on to chat shit about influencers and just people generally because they all have sad lives and their pussies are sour. Um, she said that she initially went on that site to defend herself because people were chatting shit about her, but then she obviously got so en engrossed in the whole thing that she then started chatting the most shit about people and literally trolling people from that account. And you'd think that somebody who was successful, who was doing her thing, wouldn't have time for all of this stuff, but no, she was nasty. And she even had an Instagram account with that same name. And what's mad about this is the same thing I said, um, all that time ago was that, 
she had Candice Brathwaite. She had Candice, um, who was at that time known as a black mummy blogger, but Candice has gone on to do in even more incredible things since. Um, you know, an author, best-selling author of two books. Um, and, you know, she's just doing her, living her life um, and promoting soft life, you know, and doing her thing. But, you know, at the time, Candice was, you know, building up her um, her page and building up her profile um, even more. And she didn't have, in comparison to Clemmy, she didn't have as many followers as Clemmy um, and whatever else. But Clemmy invited her on to her podcast that she had, Gas and Air or whatever it was called, to talk about the disproportionate mortality rate. And this is, I'm leading you somewhere with this, right? She invited her to talk about the, um, she invited Candice on to talk about the disproportionate um, mortality rate of black women, in black mothers in comparison to uh, white mothers. And she invited her on and Clemmy went on her burner after inviting her on, after posting that she was reading um, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. She did all of the things that you would expect on a white woman's page to show that she's quote unquote woke and she's doing the learnings, right? All of that stuff. Then she came from her burner to comment on um, the clip of um, Candice appearing on her podcast, only to say, oh, why are you always race baiting? Why are you always making it about this? Why are you always making it about that? Is this not somebody that is evil? I don't even want to say, is this not somebody that has a sickness? But come on, this is somebody that's bad mind, that's evil, that should not be trusted with the care of other people. She is a midwife. Somebody to, For somebody to do something so callous, so underhanded, so disgusting... And I'm being very, very careful not to use ableist terms because I want to call her many, many things. But again, sometimes this isn't about mental mental health. This is about just nasty, bad mind, bad belly people. This is what we are dealing with here. You invite somebody onto your podcast. You post a clip of them on your page. Then you go on your burner account and come back to comment to say, rah, why are they making it about this and why are they doing that? You're a nasty, you're a nasty, you're an evil person. You're disgusting. You're a nasty person. And then to threaten people with um, litigious sort of like um, um, consequences, like, well, if you talk about me, this is defamation. This is this is that. No, 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 fam, you did it. It's not libelous when you did it. You did it. You admitted that you did it. So that is where we found ourselves. So I'm there. 20, was it the end of 2019 or was it the beginning of 2020? You know, like whenever... Capricorn season is about to come. That's when a madness always happens for me. So I'm minding my business at the end of, was it, it must've been end of 2020, was it? Let's go back to the thing. Anyway, I'm minding my business, Sha, and I'm talking about it on my page. I don't even at her. I'm just talking about it on my page. Next thing, her, her minions arrive and they start reporting my page for bullying and har harassment. Um, and so Instagram takes my page down. Eventually, my page comes back after like 12 hours. My page comes back because I'm not the kind of person that you lot do that to. You might have been able to run that bullshit with other people before, but you don't run that bullshit with me. And due to the love and care of the community, again, you know, my page was reinstated. But so many other people haven't had their pages reinstated when bullies like her launch on them and attack them because that's you're the actual bully you're the one that was doing the harassing not me i'm just pointing out how you should not be allowed to be a midwife you should not be allowed to be around vulnerable people when you're moving that mad you shouldn't be allowed it's really that simple um so everybody reported her to the nmc which is the national um the nursing and midwifery council council sorry and they're meant to be the regulatory body for nurses and midwives now 
to me, that's wild that I know of black nurses, of black midwives who have been struck off the register, like as in, so they're not allowed to practice anymore. They've been struck off the register for doing less than what Clemmy did. They've done less than what this white woman has done and they've been struck off. Remember when I told you lot about my, um, my miscarriage and I said, I told you all the people, all the people that moved mad during that experience. It was only the black woman that was sleeping at, um, you know, in, on the ward at reception that they said that they were looking into disciplinary actions for because um, she was sent from an agency. And I just thought, you know what, that's disgusting because I mentioned like six other people that you could have focused on and you picked on her. So my whole thing is like black women are being struck off for less that have done nothing near what this woman has done. And yet you're still saying that it's been debated because I guess I wrote my article around, um, what is it, January 2021 about all the stuff that happened with her. Um, so that was before the panel chocolate. So I can understand how life was just, you know, up in the air for so many people and maybe they didn't have a chance to get to her but it looks like now I guess they're doing something so they sent out this letter to quite a few people and they said an update on the concern you raised about Clementine Hooper dear uh, whoever sent it um, as the quite a few of you have, we've now completed our assessment of the concerns you raised and decided to carry out further investigation. I'm sorry about the length of time that it's taken us to reach this decision. We appreciate that the concerns you raised with us have had, um, have had, um, have had, um, what? We understand, we appreciate the concerns you raised with us have had and, and may um, continue to have an impact on you. Des uh, details of our support services are noted below if you'd like to speak to someone. Investigating further, We'd, um, when we decide to investigate further, we identify the issues that concern us as a regulator. We call these regulatory concerns. This allows the nurse or midwife to understand why we say there is an issue with their practice that is serious enough to justify us, A, investigating it, and B, possibly restri restricting their right to practice or imposing other outcomes against their registration. Regulatory concerns that we will be investigating further unprofessional use of social media in that ch posted bullying intimidating discriminating and or harassing content online how we made our decision when we receive concerns about nurses midwives or nursing associates um we use our guidance to decide whether the case needs a full investigation or not we look at the concern gather extra information and decide whether it's something we should be involved in the screening process cons um, consists of three stages one do we have a written concern about a nurse, midwife or nursing associate on our register? Two, is there evidence of a serious concern that would require us to take regulatory action to protect the public? Three, is there clear evidence to show that the nurse, midwife or nursing associate is currently fit to practice? All, these, um, all, of, all of the guidance we consider and apply when making a decision is available on our website. What will happen next? The case will be allocated to one of our investigators shortly. Once the case is assigned, the investigator will contact you and will, um, what is this? Uh, it says, yeah, and then they'll do, um, the, you know, they'll go through Higgy Hagger with you, basically. Um, they'll introduce themselves, um, give you their contact details, ask you whether any more evidence um, is available for you to send. If you have new information, um, either now or in the future, please share it with us. Where possible, please send us any correspondence by email quoting your case reference. Um, and then they give you support and tell you about the support that's available to you. Um, Uh, 
um, yeah, I just think that it's interesting that they're like, oh, um, we are waiting on um, these details and all of these things um, should be kept confidential. When she was doing the fuckery, that wasn't kept confidential. And as far as people are concerned, still nothing is happening. Still nothing is happening and something does need to happen. So people aren't going to be here being confidential about something that she did very, very publicly. Get to it. Get to it. Take her pin. Take her pin. I, I'm forthright in saying that her pin needs to be taken because people, as far from based on her behavior prior, people aren't safe to be cared for by her. The extent of the things that we have known that she did from that account and only from that account because we can't vouch for anything else makes me feel like I wouldn't be safe going into a hospital that she was in. It's really that simple and something needs to be done about it. She can be as quiet as she wants um, and not using that page. We all know that. She's got an interior design page that she's operating from now. Do what you want. I don't care. But the fact of the matter is, as a midwife, you should not be allowed to continue in that capacity when black nurses who have done far less than what you've done haven't been afforded the same liberties. That's really it. But anyway, that's that for um, So You Mad. I just wanted to get all of that out of the way. Anyway, let's move on to um, Start Your Motors, which is very, very, very exciting. But um, before we get to Start Your Motors, I'll just big up the second of this week's show sponsors who are Skillshare. And, you know, we really love to see it. You know, time after time, again, Skillshare are back. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Skillshare can help you to make 2022 a year of new learning, growth and connection through creativity. Um, I told you all the time, I tell you all the time how much um, I've enjoyed using Skillshare when I'm doing my guitar bits, even though I have a real life um, guitar tutor. It's also great to be able to, you know, learn and get things from them as well. Um, and there are so many um, classes and bits to choose from. They have um, courses that you can do in terms of your productivity uh, when it comes to like how you use Instagram, how you use YouTube. There are numerous courses that you can participate in um, and, you know, get stuff done that way. And they're always updating their courses as well. So whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you're creative. Discover what you can make with classes at for every skill level. Um, experience real improvement and hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. Skillshare's entire catalogue of classes now offers subtitles in Spanish, French, Portuguese and Dutch. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com forward slash straws. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com slash straws and get a one month free trial that's one month free at skillshare.com forward slash straws anyway let's get to start your motors who start your motors won't the good lord do it won't the good lord do it wow look at that michael massey your job we took it your job, we took it, babes. We took the job as we said that we would because you cannot continue as FIA race director after the stupid, piss poor decision that you made during the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. You do not, you, do, you shouldn't even be able to smell another track 
in your life. You should not be allowed anywhere near a racetrack for the rest of your life, as far as I'm concerned, after making such a wild statement, after making such a wild decision that cost Lewis Hamilton his eighth World Drivers' Championship. I will not let it rest. I will not rest until we have a public apology, especially from Massey, for, for such a wild decision. And people are like, oh, yeah, but that will put um, um, Max Verstappen's win into disrepute. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a feck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Don't care. If he wants to hold on to the trophy, fam, he can hold on to the trophy. He's been hugging it up for, for, for months now. He can keep the trophy. What we want is public accountability that you lot know that you fucked up. And you lot know that that decision was just not right. It was unjustified and it was bullshit. That is what we want. That is what we want to see. Anyway... On the 17th of February, one of the most beautiful days in existence, Michael Massey was announced as being sacked as Formula One race director after the Abu Dhabi controversy, which saw Lewis Hamilton lose the world title. Massey's handling of the final laps of the race in Abu Dhabi has been under intense scrutiny since the decision which saw Max Verstappen claim a maiden world crown. That's what this site's saying. The race director failed to correctly apply the rules during a safety car period um, um, late in the race, which had a direct impact on the fate of the championship. It had led to speculation that Hamilton could um, decide to retire um, ahead of the 2022 campaign, but he has now confirmed he will continue to race for Mercedes. But the incident has seen Massey re um, relieved of his duties and instead offered another role within the FIA. FIA's president, Mohamed Ben Suleyem, said, I would like to inform you that a new race management team will be put in place starting in Barcelona for the test session. Um, Niels Wittich and Eduardo Freitas will act alternatively as race director, assisted by Herbie Blash as a permanent senior advisor. Michael Massey, who accomplished a very challenging job for the three years as Formula One race director following Charlie Whiting, um, will be offered a new position within the FIA. I presented this complete plan to the members of the World Motorsport Council and the Senate who gave their full support. Ben Suleyem also announced Formula One would introduce a VAR-like system to assist officials on race days. Race commu radio communications are set to be removed from TV broadcasts and unlapping procedures behind a safety car will be assessed. He added, to assist the race director in the decision-making process, a virtual race control room will be created. Like the video assistance referee VAR in football, it will be positioned in one of the FIA offices as a backup outside the circuit. In real-time connection with the FIA F1 race director, it will help to apply the sporting regulations using the most modern technological tools. Direct radio communications during the race currently broadcast live by all TVs will be removed in order to protect the race director from any pressure and allow him to take decisions peacefully. It will still be possible to ask questions to the race director according to a well-defined and non-intrusive process. Unlapping procedures behind safety car will be reassessed by the F1 sporting advisor committee and presented to the next f1 commission prior to the start of the season okay cool my whole thing is now why am i in it now now why am i in it what do you mean that radio um radio conversations will now not be and um, will no longer be broadcast um during live tv and um, when we're watching the race what's that got to do with it i just feel like that's not even transparent that's not even transparent. We need to know what was said via the radio. You can't now come and pick and choose what we have access to later on. Radio conversations had nothing to do with it. He was not aware that the rest of us watching via TV had an issue with what he was, what, what he was doing and how he was making his decisions. So what's that? Got? Why are you taking out the radio broadcast? Um, why are you taking that away from live TV? 
it all just seems very, very dodgy to me. Like they'll make it sound like they're making progress only to go and do something very, very wild at the same time. And I personally do not like it, but you know what I do like? Michael Massey, you're no longer race director, baby. You can go and do something else, right? And I even want to know what is the next role that you've now given this guy? Because if it allows him to have as much influence over the race and co like cost, people's, um, cost people their driver's championships, then he shouldn't have that role either. We'll keep taking every job role away from you until there is accountability, until there's public accountability for the wayward way that you ruled that race, then every job role, as far as we're concerned, that allows you to have any impact in, in any which way you can't hold that role you cannot hold it nope nope like hot potato will be jumping out your hand you can't keep it as far as we're concerned um so there's that and it's been announced um by formula one that also um sprint qualifiers are going to be a thing for the 2022 season as well and honestly i would prefer for them not to be like i'm tired i am tired of sprint qualifiers, but I know that people enjoy it. And people are like, oh, we want to see racing. We want to see racing. Okay, fine. You lot can see racing. But me personally, I don't like sprint qualifiers because like I said before, I feel like they stress me out. I just get so stressed and I get so worried because I just feel like people can move mad. I think it's still 17 laps that's been done this season, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so we're only going to have sprint qualifiers um, in Imola, Austria and Brazil which is fine because when it was Brazil, um, it, when it was Brazil 2021 season, Hamilton absolutely bodied it. He was amazing. So the key updates for 2022 regarding the F1 sprint is that pole position, um, the driver who tops Friday qualifying on a sprint weekend will be awarded pole position for statistical purposes. Sunday's Grand Prix grid will be, um, will still be determined by the result of the Saturday sprint. So, okay, fine. So I'm trying to understand what they mean here. So pole position. So regardless of where you come, my whole, what I'm trying to understand is, right? So pole position, the points will be given to you um, based on how well you do on the Friday. I think that's what they're saying on when we have qualifying in terms of times on a Friday, you get to keep the, um, the points that you get from that. Fine. Okay. But does that, does that mean that then, okay, so then you start on pole on Saturday, but then depending on where everybody ends up after the race on Saturday, that will decide the grid for Sunday, but you still get your points from Friday, which I think is fair, which I think is fine, because what is the point of me being the fastest on Friday, um, only for then having to race everybody on Saturday, everybody's racing like mad people, and then I, then it affects me on a Sunday, so I want to keep my points, basically, but I wonder if, regardless of where you come on Sat, uh, where, where regardless of where you come on Saturday, I wonder if it means that you would still keep pole position for Sunday. Like, let's say that you race on Friday, or you guys are, you know, racing on Friday to get your quick time. You get your quick time, um, which allows you to be first on the grid. Does that mean that you get to be first on the grid on Sunday, regardless of if maybe you come third on um, Saturday? Maybe what I'm saying, especially to people who don't um, watch Formula One, maybe what I'm saying doesn't sound like, like it makes any sense, but I'm just trying to understand how all of this is going to play out. And I don't know if they know themselves. Are we saying that it's pole position statistically only for them to have the points? Um, so because they'll, they'll get three points for pole position. Are we saying that that's what's sticking? Or are we saying that the whole thing, regardless of where they come on Saturday, also means that on Sunday they will still have pole position? Or do they only get pole position on Saturday plus their points? And then they'd have to basically battle for where they end up on a Sunday. That's what I want to know. Um, 
Then they've got a new point system. The top eight finishers earn championships points. So eight for the first place down to one for the eighth place. And now I think this is mad because we don't need eight points. We really, really don't need eight points to be happening for whoever wins the sprint qualifier. But I think that because... Hamilton has so many career points and there's such a disparity between the career points that he has in comparison to everybody else. They're just trying to make everybody else feel better so they can at least gather some more points along the way. But if we're, if we're basing this on what's happening here, then that means that before you even get to Sunday... If you get pole position on the Friday from having the fastest um, time, the fastest lap time, plus the new point system where you finish um, first on the Saturday, that means already before you even get to the race, you've already earned eight, nine, 10, 11. You've already earned 11 points before you've even got to Sunday. And then you get to Sunday and then you win the race. Whoo! That is a lot of points. That is a lot of points to be getting on a race weekend. So I do feel like, you know what, it it provides the um, opportunity for more drivers to get more points, you know, throughout the um, season. But at the same time, I do feel like my understanding of it is that in the long term, it just means that then Hamilton's career points don't look so wild in comparison to everybody else's because they're not doing it like he is, to be honest. Um, But yeah, let's see how that... um, how all of that plays out in terms of the sprint qualifier because I'm still trying to understand it but anyway let's go back to the fact that when Michael Massey um Michael Massey being um, relieved of his race director um role was announced on the 17th of February now the Mercedes library where they were going to show us their new car um the new car reveal was going to be on the 18th of February I think that it was so beautifully planned like it was so beautifully planned because you lost your job ho you lost your job haha and then you know there we go apart from the fact that um Hamilton had already come back prior to this soon after that he puts up a post on Instagram of himself holding an umbrella and there's a rainbow behind him and he's like I'm good you good who don't worry my g we are all good after that news after that news we are all good and that is what I love please you're a Scorpio rising be the king of petty be the king of petty in this beautiful, succinct way. Very, very subtle. But now I'm good because you don't know, you no longer have your job, bitch. And that's the way it needs to be. Because you can't come and ruin, effectively ruin the hard work that somebody has put in throughout the entire season because you wanted to make a decision like a mad person and think that there would be no repercussions. Omar, your job must drop on the floor. Your job role must drop into the bin, into the gutter immediately. Simple. So I was just like, from the moment I saw that we had that news, I was like, you know, his braids are going to be fresh for that car reveal on the 18th of February. And I was not wrong. I was not disappointed. He came with his braids laid. Okay. And, you know, things were said, things were said, especially by Toto Wolf. You know, at one point he said, you know, in terms of, he was asked the question by Naomi Schiff, who, um, she also is part of the W series. She's a racing, uh, race car driver as well. Um, he was asked the question about, you know, how he sees everything playing out in terms of his career and everything else. And um, Toto chimed in and Toto was looking really good in that shirt. Not going to lie. Um, Toto says, you know what? You know, Hamilton's not a one trick pony like other drivers. And I'm like, George Russell is sitting right there. Your new driver is sitting right there. How can you be talking about, oh, well, Hamilton Lewis isn't a one-trick pony like other drivers. But you know what? At the same time, tell the truth, white man. Tell the truth. And he did. Hamilton's not a one-trick pony. You lot only drive. 
You live for driving. That is all you do. He has so many talents that go beyond that and he utilizes those talents as well. And that's how he brings so many people to the sport because of his interest in fashion, his interest in music, you know, all of, and you know, his work with Mission 44, like he's literally out there. This might as well turn into a, a Hamilton propaganda podcast, but it really needs to be said, like in terms of range, there is no other driver that has the range that Hamilton has. So like, let's all respect ourselves when we're talking about him, please. Like, let's all behave ourselves. And that's basically what Toto was saying. And then he went on to say, you know, they are trying to address the um, diversity issue within Formula One because he does know that it's a very white middle-class management. I said, whoa, Toto's even calling out the white middle-class, um, you know, management and he specifically said white male as well that he made sure to point that out as well so toto's been doing some reading toto's been doing some learning and i feel like in when you compare that to someone like christian horner who is dog whistle every single time he's on the mic this guy is dog whistling like there is such a stark difference between a white man who is trying to learn and a white man who is not and we see it very, very clearly when we look at those two team, like team principles. So, I mean, I love it. But the best part of the library was seeing that, um, well, was the press conference afterwards where Lewis was basically like, well, if you thought what I did last year was something, you know, wait till you see me this year. He's coming to tear singlets because you can't humiliate somebody so publicly with what happened in Abu Dhabi and not think that somebody like him is not going to come all guns are blazing. Like what we saw in Brazil, what we saw from Brazil onwards, was the driving of somebody who's blessed by the ancestors. I'm like, regardless of how you feel about him and owning his blackness or whatever else, I'm telling you, the guy is gifted. Number 44 is of no joke. That number means something. That number is important, right? So as far as I'm concerned, he's like, you want me to tear singlets? Watch. Singlets will be torn throughout this entire season. And he knows that more than ever, people are trying to stop him from breaking that um, Schumacher record um, as they see it, although it's now his record as well. But they, in their mind, it's still Schumacher's record, right? And they don't want him to break it. But let me tell you, God said, touch not my anointed. Anybody that gets in that guy's way you'll just see that travesty will be appearing in your life left, right, and center. So you better just know yourself and act accordingly, right? So that's by the by. I'm glad that he's coming with that fighting spirit and I want him to come with more pettiness because doing love and light, love and light Lewis is fine. Love and light Lewis is fine, but we want to see petty, all right? Bring out petty. That's what we want to see. Um, and in terms of the car, the car's fucking sexy. The car is beautiful. Like you can even see like in terms of the molding of the body, how they've designed the molding, literally the molding of like the chassis is mad. Like in terms of how I think it's going to perform aerodynamically, it's going to be a madness. Like they've taken so many things into account. And remember that it was halfway through 2021, that season that they'd already felt like, you know what, Red Bull have got this in a bag. We're going to do as much as we can do, but we're going to start keeping all of our efforts focused on that 2022 car because they want to make sure that they stay within the confines of the new regulations that the FIA have um, implemented. They want to stay within the confines of the regulations as much as possible, but they want to interpret the regulations in such a way that they can design a bad man car. And I think that that is what we have, but obviously we're not going to know until we get to testing in Barcelona. So fingers crossed that this car allows for Lewis, all the people that are like, oh, he's only a great driver, you only think he's a great driver because he's got a fast car, I don't give a fuck, I don't give a feck, I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck, let him have the fast car so he can get his eighth world cha um, driver's championship and can get the fuck out, you know, so he can go and just live his life and you bitches can leave him alone and you can have your sports yourselves if that's what you truly want, but um, 
We've got the pre-season track session um, in Spain on the 23rd to the 25th of February. And then we've got um, testing. I said test. Yes, yeah, so we've got the tra track session in, in Barcelona. Um, it's that Circuit de Catalunya in, um, that's February 23rd to 25th. And then we've got testing, um, which will be uh, 10th to the 12th of March in Bahrain. And then we've got the first race of the season, 18th to the 20th of March in Bahrain. So whoo, we're almost there. We are almost there. We are almost there. The season is about to start. The drama is about to start. And I, for one, cannot wait. And I know that Drive to Survive, I think Drive to Survive returns on March 4th, which shows us everything that happened last season. So we get to see a lot of like behind the scenes stuff as well that they filmed at Netflix. So yeah, everything's looking pretty, pretty exciting. And I, I mean, I hope, I pray, fingers crossed, I can go to a couple races this year as well. If people treat me accordingly, that would be very, very lovely. Um... So yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, so good luck to everybody involved. Um, by everybody involved, I literally mean Mercedes. Um, and yeah, we'll see how we do. So that's that for Start Your Motors. Anyway, let's get to the last segment for the show, which is Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mum. My first straw of the week very, very easily goes out to Angela Rayner, who is um, the deputy uh, leader of the Labour Party. Um... Angela Rayner, I've cussed her out on this show before. I've given her a straw before, but my most recent straw goes out to the fact that she made a statement about um, the fact that she wants to take a hard line on um, when it comes to the law and terrorism, and she thinks that police should shoot terrorists first, ask questions later. And I just want to know whether um, it is crack that Angela Rayner is on, or what is it? Like balloons, like what is it? What What is it? What is buy one, get one free? What kind of drug is buy one, get one free in your area that you think that this is a great statement to make? Because you can't be within your right senses because none of this makes any fucking sense, especially when you know that Cresta Dick just got ousted from her role as um, the head, um, you know, as the commissioner of the police. Why would you be saying such? That, oh, terrorists should be shot first and questions asked later. More time when they're shot, they're shot and they're killed. They, they kill, they're shot to, with the intent of killing them. We saw what happened to um, Jean-Charles de Menezes and you're, he is talking about, oh, well, they should shoot. But we have to talk about who you consider to be a terrorist. Because we've got white boys who are sitting in their room on Nazi websites, looking at ways to make this, looking at ways to make that. They've got all these majorly homophobic, racist, xenophobic, like, manifestos, all these misogynistic incel type manifestos. And all they're told to do is go and read um, some, some Jane Austen. That's what they're told to do. So clearly whiteness is not considered when you are talking about terrorism. You're not talking about white people being shot and questions asked later. You're talking about anybody that has a little piece of a tan and their hair and their features are slightly dark. Those are the people that you're talking about. Anyone who looks like them and darker, they can be shot and then questions asked later. The, the Labour Party, to me, has um, an equal measure of mad people in the same way that the Tory party has um, mad people. Everybody is mad together and nobody has anybody to tell them that they're in fact mad. And this is what's scaring me about the whole thing. 
the Labour Party, as I see it to be, is incredibly um, misogynoirist, if we're going to call it that. The misogynoir in the Labour Party is mad. The racism in the Labour Party is mad. But you lot had so much vim for Jeremy Corbyn, but now everybody's quiet. You're quiet about Keir Starmer. You're quiet about Angela Rayner because actually they are doing your bidding. And, and Angela Rayner and that Jess Phillips, they give you the aesthetic that you lot want. That kind of, oh yeah, Midlands, Northern Lass, oh yeah, you know, so, you know, soil of the earth, that's our girls, yeah, yeah, you know, they didn't have any fancy, you know, teaching, oh, yeah, that's, no, no, they're just as problematic as all demand them, they are just as problematic, they've got wayward views on sex work, they've got wayward views on, um, on um, violence that's specifically targeted at black women, because we saw how Diane Abbott was treated by Jess Phillips, so there's a lot going on there, and so these girls, they don't cut it for me. But for Angela Rayner to make such a very, very disgusting and um, wild statement, she can get a straw for that. Suck your mum. Suck your mum. Because this idea that you're going to support the police in like, oh, they should shoot first, ask questions later, but they're not asking the right questions first and foremost. And then what about when they've targeted the wrong people? All they're going to get is a sorry for your loss. Fuck you. That is disgusting. Fuck you. Because this is how violence prevails. And I know that under your watch, should you become party leader and should the Labour Party get into power, black people are still not safe where you are concerned. Asian people are still not safe where you are concerned. And that is a problem. You know, trans people, all the, like so many communities, so many marginalized communities are not safe when you come in because it doesn't matter whether you have a vagina and I have a vagina. I am not safe around you. That is what I'm coming to understand. And I don't like that. At a certain point, Nelson Mandela was considered a terrorist. Do you get me? Terrorism is based on the kind of like the infrastructure of what you decide at any point in time. And the thing is, you use it to, to decide that these people are terrorists and these people are not, even when they're doing the same things. And that tells me that you're upholding white supremacist heteropatriarchy and I'm basically not with it. So you can go suck your mother for that. Um, my second straw of the week goes out to the judge um, of the case um, who ruled... Um, for the case of the police officer, I'm not calling her ex-officer, police officer Kim Potter, who shot Duante Wright right in his chest um, during um, a traffic stop. Um, it says here, Kim, um, Kim Potter, the former Minnesota police officer who drew a gun instead of a taser and fat fatally shot Duante Wright during a traffic stop, was found guilty Thursday of first and second degree manslaughter in the young black man's death. Potter, who is white displayed no emotion as the verdicts were read and was ordered held um, without bail. One of her lawyers rested his head on his hands at the defence table. Wright's parents, Aubrey Wright, um, uh, sorry, Arbui Wright and Katie Bryant let out sighs and cries, according to the um, report. The moment we heard a gu um, guilty on manslaughter, one emotions, every single emotion that you can imagine just came running through your body. Um, I kind of let out a yelp because it was built up anticipation, Bryant told reporters later. Bryant told um, CNN on Thursday evening, we still don't have Duante home. And this is just a step forward in the bigger issue with policing. And hopefully there has to be more, there has, and there has to be no more Duantes, no more Duantes and, and so many more names we chant in our streets. Um, demonstrators, some carrying Black Lives Matter signs and portraits of rights um, applauded and cheered outside of a court. Now, my thing is like, 
everyone's happy um, about this, but I want to say a massive fuck you and a suck your mum to the judge, uh, Regina Chu, who um, was crying when she was delivering the sentencing, crying and centering... Um, Centering Kim Potter in all of this, like, oh, you know, she didn't know this and she didn't know that. Fuck you. Fuck you. What didn't she know? The taser is on one side. The gun is on another. Her body cam shows her holding the gun. The body cam shows her holding the gun clearly. She was holding the gun for a while. She didn't just bring it out and boom and shoot. She had the gun in her hand, so she was aware that she was holding the gun. And you hold a gun very differently to how you hold a taser. Is everybody okay? Is everybody all right? And for her to then only get, I think she got, what was it, 24 months or something um, as her sentence when the maximum that you can get for her offence is 15 years. She's, she's getting a baby sentence as far as I'm concerned because everyone's feeling sorry for her because she's a white, blonde woman. Nah, nah. She should have got more. I feel, uh, To me, that was trash sentencing. It was trash sentencing and you know that's bullshit because then you're seeing that... Um, What's her name? Judge, the Judge Chu, Regina Chu, you're then crying. Then there was that other judge, that black woman who was combing the other white woman's hair, another black and blonde white woman who shot a black man in his home. Wasn't she, she shot, um, his name's gone out of my head now. Just white police officers, police officers generally shooting black people, killing them dead. And it's like, oh, I'm going to stroke your hair, especially when it's a white woman. I'm going to stroke your hair. I'm going to cry because I don't want you to have to go through this. What is going on? Why is it that white women cannot be held fully accountable for their actions as a police officer or not? Why? Why? Why is that not possible? As far as I'm concerned, it's all disgusting. And Judge Chu, you could go suck your mother, you dickhead. And this is why we all, all the time when people are like, oh, people of colour, people of colour. No. Even within the community of people of colour, as you want to, want to call them, anti-blackness is rife. Because how are you empathising more with the white woman who shot this guy in his chest than with the family of, the, uh, of, the, of this guy who no longer have him around anymore. Duante's gone. He can't be a father anymore. He's gone. But you're empathising with her, the one who, who did the shooting. The system's fucked. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say for this week's episode. Um, really, that's really, yeah, that's really it. <laughs> Covered quite a lot. Didn't know that I would be able to. But thank you all so much for listening as usual. I'm sending you all the love. I've been Kelechi Okafor while I'm in Lagos. And this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind. Unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. Remember, you can support the crowdfund on the GoFundMe link that is in the show notes. And you can follow me on at Kelechi Okafor at Say Your Mind Pod. And um, yeah, you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash collect your car for. And that's it, I guess. I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.